lecture eight part three of the groundwork of the christian virtues by william bernard ullathorne this librivox recording is in the public domain lecture eight the divine master of humility part three the portrait of his meek and gentle character was drawn by the prophet isaiah six hundred years before his appearance thus saith the lord behold my servant i will uphold him my elect my soul delighteth in him i have given my spirit upon him he shall bring forth judgment to the gentiles he shall not cry out nor have respect to person neither shall his voice be heard abroad the bruised reed he shall not break and the smoking flax he shall not quench he shall bring forth judgment unto truth he shall not be sad nor troublesome till he set judgment in the earth isaiah chapter forty two verses one through four charmed by his words and awed by his works the multitudes followed him into the lonely deserts by four and five thousand at a time until they forgot to eat and he fed them miraculously he opened his teaching with the commendation of humility giving his first blessing to the poor in spirit he never lost an opportunity of exalting and drawing attention to the humble who came near him as though he preferred setting forth its example in others rather than in himself when magdalene bathes his feet with tears he declares her sins forgiven and to the murmuring guests at the table he enlarges upon her penitential and most loving sacrifice when the heathen centurion exclaimed lord i am not worthy that thou shouldst enter under my roof but only speak the word and my servant shall be healed st matthew chapter eight verse eight he held up the humble faith of that stranger as an example to the jews when he repelled the canaanite woman's petition to try her faith and she replied in the simplicity of her heart yea lord even the little dogs receive the crumbs which fall from their master's table he said to her o woman great is thy faith be it done as thou wilt st matthew chapter fifteen verses twenty seven and twenty eight he taught humility when he called the poor and the ignorant to follow him when he healed the abject in body and soul when he conversed with open sinners and with lepers when he enjoined silence respecting his miracles and especially respecting his glorious transfiguration he was himself the great model of that poverty and self-abnegation that he advised to others the wonderful contrast between the divine teacher and their ordinary instructors could not fail to produce an extraordinary impression upon the minds of the people it was this and the claims he put forth that awakened so keen an envy in the teachers and ministers of the law his great humility and gentleness the wonderful power he put forth and the divine title upon which he rested that power spread his fame through all circles whilst his tender beneficence won the souls of the people 
and captivated their hearts the great mass of the population was with him and this was made one of the principal grounds for putting him to death he showed a singular love for innocent children and st mark tells us that he took them up in his arms and laid his hand upon their heads and was much displeased when his disciples endeavoured to keep them from him and he said suffer the little children to come to me and forbid them not for the kingdom of heaven is for such when his disciples asked him who thinkest thou is the greater in the kingdom of heaven jesus called to him a little child set him in the midst of them and said amen i say to you unless you be converted and become as little children you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child he is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven st matthew chapter eighteen verses one through four mark this act attentively we know that ambition had shown itself in some of his disciples and this very question intimates as much the child is called and set among them they little thinking that he is to become their model an innocent child is simple humble free from guile conscious of ignorance more conscious of dependence open as the day possessing nothing hoping for all things and still relying on parental love protection and support he is submissive and obedient to his parents as the christian should be to god he is full of faith hope and love to his parents as the christian should be to god whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child he is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven on another occasion he teaches them that he who is the least that is in his own esteem shall be the first and that he who holds the first place shall be the servant of all christ must be publicly acknowledged as the son of david and the king of israel before he is put to death he therefore makes his public entrance into jerusalem when the multitudes are assembling from all parts to celebrate the passover the news of his raising lazarus from the dead four days before has filled the whole population with excitement and many of the friends of lazarus have seen and conversed with him since his resurrection see the solemn state in which the son of god advances on the humblest beast covered with the cloaks of his disciples the saviour of the world is mounted tell ye the daughter of sion said the prophet isaiah behold thy king cometh to thee meek and sitting upon an ass isaiah chapter seventy two verse eleven and zechariah chapter nine verse nine and a very great multitude spread their garments on the way and others cut boughs from the trees and strewn them in the way and the multitude that went before and followed after cried out saying hosanna to the son of david blessed is he that cometh in the name of the lord hosanna in the highest st matthew chapter twenty one verses eight and nine 
st john tells us the immediate cause of this triumphal reception the multitude therefore gave testimony that was with him when he called lazarus out of the grave and raised him from the dead for which reason also the people came to meet him because they heard that he had done this miracle st john chapter twelve verses seventeen and eighteen and what was the demeanour of the son of god amidst this universal acclamation when he drew near seeing the city he wept over it saying if thou hadst known and that in this thy day the things that are to thy peace but now they are hidden from thy eyes st luke chapter nineteen verses forty one and forty two he is still the master of humility and his acts still to say to us learn of me for i am meek and humble of heart he leaves us his testament of humility before he gives his testament of blood and this testament is very solemnly recorded by st john knowing that the father had given him all things into his hands and that he came from god and goeth to god he ariseth from supper and layeth aside his garments and having taken a towel girded himself after that he putteth water into a basin and began to wash the feet of the disciples and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded then after he had washed their feet and taken his garments being sat down again he said to them know you what i have done for you you call me master and lord and you do well for so i am if then i being your lord and master have washed your feet you also ought to wash one another's feet for i have given you an example that as i have done to you so you do also amen amen i say to you the servant is not greater than his lord neither is the apostle greater than he that sent him if you know these things you shall be blessed if you do them st john chapter thirteen verses three through seventeen all the perfect works and virtues that our divine redeemer has taught in the gospel are completed in their utmost perfection in his passion his cross is the end of the law and the scriptures his passion is the sum of all that man can offer up to god his death is the consummation of every word that is written concerning him the consummation of all humility that gives everything from man to god the consummation of all charity that gives everything from god to man justly then did st paul sum up all in christ crucified and proclaim this to be the power of god and the wisdom of god one corinthians chapter one verse twenty four to know christ crucified is to know the open way from earth to heaven the four evangelists have therefore given us more than the history they have left us the living picture of the divine passion of the son of god filled with all its spirit and feeling in every point and circumstance that the passion of christ may everlastingly live in our souls and we in the passion and death of christ 
the devout man contemplates the passion of his lord and saviour that he may imitate and compassionate and wonder and exalt and resolve and rest on him first we contemplate christ in his passion to imitate the divine rule of virtue and perfection and the more we conform ourselves to him the more we are strengthened and consoled secondly we contemplate to compassionate and in spirit to suffer with him opening our soul to his sufferings to his words to his patience to his humility to his sorrows turning and ruminating them in our heart that they may make us contrite for our sins and that we may learn their bitterness through his bitter expiation of them and may be humbled and confounded at our ingratitude thirdly we contemplate that awful and stupendous passion to wonder for when we realize to our minds who it is that suffers what he suffers from whom he suffers and for whom he suffers amazement takes possession of the soul for the sufferer is the son of god the divine lover of mankind who endures all that can be inflicted on body and soul of pain shame and ignominy that man can invent or god the father impose on his obedience for the expiation of our sins and for our deliverance from evil fourthly we contemplate that wonderful passion to exalt for through all the sorrows of the son of god we must rejoice in the deliverance of mankind we must exalt that through this blessed passion our lord has delivered us from eternal damnation from the ignominy of our guilt and from the power of the devil we must exult in seeing that god has loved us so much even when we loved him not and though we take no joy in his ignominy or sufferings but only sorrow yet must we rejoice in their happy fruits and in the wonderful manifestation of his eternal love again must we exult to see the reparation of our ruin and in our union brought about by the blood and sorrows of our lord in one fold of salvation under one shepherd for this the church above and the church below unite in joy oh how lovely and how venerable is that sacred passion which unites things so remote as heaven and earth in one love and one eternal joy above all must we exult in the clemency of our lord and saviour for this is the highest glory of angels and just men to enter most profoundly into the clemency benignity and immensity of the divine goodness which shines so luminously through the tremendous passion of our lord jesus christ who raises up his enemies from everlasting death to everlasting life let then your heart rejoice in your reparation by the magnificent benignity and unspeakable clemency of our crucified redeemer what a revelation his passion gives us of the unfathomable evil of sin of the unsearchable depths of his humility and of the inexhaustible treasures of his love 
fifthly we must contemplate the passion of our lord to reform and resolve our soul this is effected when we not only imitate compassionate admire and exalt but when the whole man is drawn to christ jesus beholding him as our redeemer always and everywhere crucified then the soul is resolved and so to speak is liquidized and flows from herself and self-love to rise above herself quitting what is beneath her and moving wholly towards her crucified lord then she sees nothing feels nothing in herself but christ crucified dishonoured and suffering for her sake this was the sense of st paul with christ i am nailed to the cross galatians chapter two verse nineteen sixthly we ought to contemplate the passion of christ to find therein our rest and peace this is effected after the soul has been thus transformed when we thirst for the passion of christ as an inexhaustible treasure of goodness and an ever-flowing fountain of grace and love wherein we find sweetness rest and peace there the more we give up our love and devotion to ourselves all the more we cleave to him who died to give us life and find our life and peace in him when thus we enter into the passion of our lord we receive from him these six affections of imitation to purity and enkindle our souls of compassion to unite us with him in love and gratitude of wonder to enlarge and elevate our mind of exaltation to expand our heart of resolution to confirm our soul in his perfection and of peace to preserve our devotion the passion of our lord presents all the great virtues in their perfection for our imitation whether self-denial poverty of spirit obedience silence humility purity patience prayer resignation contempt of the world or charity but among all these virtues he preeminently appears as the master of humility his passion is the book of humility his cross is the throne of humility the terrible way from the mount of olives to mount calvary is the substantive exposition of the words learn of me for i am meek and humble of heart who shall sound the depths of that lonely agony beneath the olive trees it is the oblation of the divine victim before the immolation and the crucifixion of the spirit before the crucifixion of the body the lord hath laid on him the iniquities of us all isaiah chapter fifty three verse six as the salt and flour fell on the sacrifice of the law and the hand of the priest laid the sins of the people on its head the father laid the sins of the world upon his son and his innocent soul is charged with all the guilt of mankind and with its terrible expiation the cup of human iniquity all its pride uncleanness and infidelity are mingled in the horrible draught from the first to the last drop of malice that the earth has seen or shall see 
that heaven has reprobated or shall reprobate and especially that original sin which all the rest have followed with this foul and fearful burden laid upon his pure nature he exclaims my soul is sorrowful even unto death st matthew chapter twenty six verse thirty eight and he began to fear and to be weary and to be heavy and to be sad and falling flat with his face to the ground he prayed that if possible this hour might pass from him a struggle had arisen between his human nature and the divine will and he prayed father all things are possible to thee remove this cup from me yet not as i will but as thou willest st mark chapter fourteen verse thirty six he comes to his three disciples finds them asleep and returns to make the same prayer his struggle has become a dreadful agony what is that agony the agony of a dying man is to retain the soul escaping from the body the agony of christ is to subject his innocent soul to responsibility for the foul load of human sin and to undergo its expiation because though his nature shrinks with horror from it it is his father's will and his sweat became as drops of blood trickling on the ground st luke chapter twenty two verse forty four then he prayed the third time in the self-same words and gave up his will to the will of his father then he arose with resignation to accomplish that will what hear we throughout this terrible agony but the words of the divine master learn of me for i am meek and humble of heart mark the traitorous kiss of judas and hear the gentle reproach of jesus before the chief priests and their council he holds a mysterious silence but when the high priest adjures him in the name of the living god to say whether he is the christ the son of the blessed god jesus said i am and you shall see the son of man sitting at the right hand of the power of god and coming in the clouds of heaven st matthew chapter twenty six verses sixty three and sixty four he defends not himself such is his father's will to whom he is in all things subject but when he is adjured in his father's name by him who sits in the chair of moses he spoke the truth and on that truth was condemned to death all that night the divine victim was salted with sufferings and saluted with spittings with mufflings of the face and buffetings learn of me for i am meek and humble of heart in the morning the chief priests called the high council of the nation to consultation and binding jesus they led him away and delivered him to pilate his meek silence under every accusation awakens the wonder of the roman governor knowing the envy of the accusing priests pilate seeks to deliver him yet only exposes him to deeper ignominy and to greater sufferings for all that was written of him must be fulfilled he must be reputed with the wicked that the sins of the world may be expiated superabundantly 
he was wounded for our iniquities he was bruised for our sins the chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his bruises we are healed isaiah chapter fifty three verses five and twelve pilate declares his innocence and appeals to the people but urged on by the priests the fickle multitude cry out give us barabbas and crucify jesus if thou dismiss him thou art no friend of caesar's his blood be upon us and on our children after this lawful imprecation pilate commands jesus to be scourged after suffering all night from the jews he must now suffer from the gentiles the evangelists have omitted all the incidents of the scourging as though too fearful to relate but they have been precise upon the ignominious mockery of his royalty the soldiers of the governor took jesus into the hall and calling the whole band they put on him a robe of purple and plaiting a crown of thorns they put it on his head and a reed in his right hand and bowing the knee before him they mocked him saying hail king of the jews and spitting upon him they took the reed and struck his head o divine patience o eternal love o unspeakable profundity of the humility of the son of god despised and most abject of men a man of sorrows and acquainted with infirmity his look as it were hidden and despised whereupon we esteemed him not surely he hath borne our iniquities and carried our sorrows and we have thought him as it were a leper and as one struck by god and afflicted isaiah chapter fifty three verses three four and seven now doth he expiate the pride of man that shuts out the truth of god and refuses entrance to his love his heart is a furnace of humility and prayer every mock each stripe and every sigh of supplication that ascends from his lowly heart is a call upon us to give up and punish our despicable pride he is the humble beaten downtrodden way to god learn of me for i am meek and humble of heart and they took him away to crucify him in the sight of the whole nation assembled at the passover contemplate the dolorous way of the lord of life under the load of his cross from pilate's house by the temple through jerusalem to calvary all along that path of blood he is perfecting the power of salvation in infirmity upon that desolate hill where according to ancient tradition lay the body of the first sinful man the lord of life was stripped to nudity stretched out on the prostrate cross nailed with cruel nails to its cruel wood and lifted up as the sin-offering the god on earth to the god in heaven he was offered because he willed it adam stretched his hands to the forbidden tree and his feet hurried on to contemplate his condemnation christ gives his hands and feet to the tree of obedience fastens the decree of condemnation to his cross and blots it out with his blood abel is slain by his brother 
isaac is offered by abraham the brazen serpent is lifted up by moses the paschal lamb is immolated by the law god is crucified by man sin sacrifices innocence pride immolates humility god overrules these evil instruments to his sovereign will that humble innocence may destroy both pride and sin o soul redeemed by that fast-flowing blood look well to thy redemption in that bowed head so venerable in that sweet face so livid in that august brow so wounded in those lightsome eyes so worn with weeping in those authoritative lips so pale with thirst and suffering contemplate the cost of thy salvation in that virginal body bruised with buffets rent with scourges wet with the slaver of the wicked worn and wan with pain and labour behold the expiation of thy sensual sins in those gaping wounds on which thy saviour hangs see the open doors through which the ruddy price of thy salvation streams upon thee the life exuding with that blood is thy life pass through those wounds to the heart from which the stream of life is flowing see how that heart is abandoned by an interior crucifixion not of man but of god to darkness and desolation of spirit for the expiation of all sins of the spirit how far more terrible is this interior expiation listen to the cry of that afflicted heart i thirst however great the corporal thirst far greater is the spiritual thirst for the souls of men listen again to the cry of charity father forgive them they know not what they do listen once more and listen with awe to the cry of desolation from the heart of the sacred victim my god my god why hast thou abandoned me the dreadful expiation is hastening on the sacrifice is burning out burning in the furnace of humiliation consuming in the fire of charity with a strong cry full of the power of his will the victimal son cries to the father into thy hands i commend my spirit and all being consummated he expires david heard that last cry of his son a thousand years before and proclaimed its solemn import to mankind into thy hands i commend my spirit thou hast redeemed me lord god of truth psalm thirty verse six the cross is the instrument of contrition upon which the earthly man is broken to be reformed upon the heavenly man the cross is the divine school of patience the school of self-abnegation the school of penance the school of charity the foot of the cross where mary stood with john and where the prostrate magdalene wept her loving grief is the great school of humility where the soul is purified and brought to god therefore ever sounds the great command of the divine master learn of me for i am meek and humble of heart the resurrection of our divine redeemer from the grave his ascension from earth to heaven 
his seat in our human nature at the right hand of the father with all his wounds glorified and his power over the souls of the humble who draw their humility from him are the crowning of his sacrifice the sublime demonstration of his divinity and the encouragement of all who love and suffer for his sake he humbled himself becoming obedient unto death even the death of the cross for which cause god also hath exalted him and hath given him a name which is above all names that in the name of jesus every knee shall bow of those that are in heaven on earth and under the earth and that every tongue should confess that the lord jesus christ is in the glory of god the father philippians chapter two verses eight through eleven end of lecture eight part three